Hi everyone, welcome to Contemplation and Disability. My name is Rob and it's so good to have you on here today. So we have a special guest, uh, Pastor Mark Sowersby. Um, we are going to have a little interview together and, and we're just going to have a conversation. So it's good to have you be here with us and oh, it's so good to have you on here, uh, Pastor Mark Sowersby. Well, thank you so much, Rob. It's a blessing to be with you tonight and to be able to share my story and meet you and be able to talk to you and your audience. And I did get to meet uh, Vader. I think that's what the, the cat's name is, Darth okay. Vader. So <laughs> I got to meet Vader already. So <laughs> yeah, he's so funny. He uh, it's good times. Uh, I also have, uh, so I have another cat. His name is Obi-Wan. It's funny because Vader's the talker and Obi-Wan's more silent. And oh, just God has blessed me. You have you have a whole host. I'm waiting for Luke and uh, I'm waiting for all of them to join you someday. And, you know, you'll have the whole the whole cast pretty soon there uh, as as your pets. <laughs> Yeah, that would be that would be pretty awesome. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, yeah, I wanna I wanna hear your testimony. Sure, sure. You know, unfortunately, my testimony starts off with a lot of ugliness, as many testimonies do. I love testimonies because at the end of the day, when we hear somebody's story, especially when they love Jesus, it always ends at the cross, saying God wins. And my story is just like that. From the ages of 7 to 14, I was horribly abused. My mother would marry a man that was 20 years her younger, and he would come into my home and abuse me in every way, shape, and form. He'd physically, emotionally, sexually, verbally, in every way he could, he would just cause havoc and abuse in our home. And at 14 years old, I was able to find my defender. My uncle uh, stood up for me with his love and his strength. He believed in me. And I also got big enough to fight my attacker off. So for those seven years that I grew up in that pain and that sorrow, I felt everything that everybody else would feel. I felt anger and sadness and I felt uh, lost and hurt. I felt uh, abused and sorrowful. But truly the biggest feeling I had in those days was just emptiness. I didn't know which way was up. I didn't know where to go. It was just the reality of my life was abuse in every way, shape, or form. So I was angry kid. I was messed up kid. I didn't know which way was up. In the summer of 15, my 15th year, uh, probably about 18 months after the abuse stopped, I went into a church, stumbled into it, got invited into it. It wasn't a perfect church. It was a good church. And in that church, uh, they introduced me to Jesus Christ. And I said a prayer that I would come to know as the sinner's prayer. But then I just didn't know what it was. I just wanted God to be in my life. And I prayed, Lord, be my Lord and Savior. And that was the best and biggest and the most important decision I ever made in my life. Even though at that age, I probably didn't really understand the depth of that. I wish I could tell you that moment made everything perfect and easy. But really, it was just the beginning of what I call forgiving my nightmare. So that's a little bit of my story. I know it's only a, a, a piece of it. There's so much to unpack there. But I know the pain of abuse. I know the sorrow, the rejection, the fears of being uh, abused. I know what the trauma of that is like. I lived in it for many, many years. It became my identity. It became everything about me. But as I let Christ grow in my heart, it wasn't easy. There was a lot of dying to self. But as Christ grew in my heart, 
I learned to trust God more and more. Wow. Yeah, that's, I'm so glad that you found Jesus. Amen. You were able to rely on him. Uh, it's, so I, I got saved when I was 13 and, um, I had, I didn't know, you know, I prayed the sinner's prayer and I really had no idea, uh, what I, what exactly I was praying and how amazing Jesus was. Amen. And, uh, you know, about six years ago, I started getting sick and, um, you know, just like all the, the pain and, the the self-rejection and, and then the, the, the pain of not getting hurt in the medical community and, you know, uh, just, just a ton of rejection. And, uh, so I can, I can partially relate, um, to you, uh, in, in with those pains and hurts. Uh, sure. Sure. And, uh, just, just going through it. There's Vader again. I think he's, ah, let's say go Darth Vader. I get, you know, Rob, I would say no matter what caused pain in our life, those of us that have experienced trauma, Mine was abuse as a child. Yours, it sounds like, was some sickness. And I'm sure there's many that are listening tonight that have stories of how trauma has affected their lives, addictions and deaths and divorces and sorrows and pains and many, many things. I probably can't even uh, comprehend the trauma that some people have gone through. Mm -hmm. But one of the first casualties of trauma, and there's many casualties, it's not the only one, but one of the first one is that we lose our trust. We lose our trust in people. We lose our, lose our trust in things. And ultimately, sometimes we lose our trust in God. And to come back from something like that is a journey. And that's why I wrote my book called Forgiving the Nightmare. I talk about my journey of forgiveness and getting my trust back and my hope back. Uh, it's not an easy story. It's a genuine story. It's an honest story. It's one that I don't try to put a plastic smile on or a Sunday morning amen and hallelujah. I love the altar. I love God's word. But I'll tell you, there was one step forward and two steps back sometimes. And my journey was full of tears. My journey was full of uh, hope. My journey had hard days and it had long days. And there was moments of victory and there was moments of doubt. But I just never gave up. I never gave up on that. Seeking first, first seeking the Lord and knowing that the Lord was with me. And I tell you this. I'm after I'm over 50 now. I was 14 when the abuse ended. I was seven when it started and the abuse was uh, a part of my life. It's still a part of my narrative, but it doesn't identify me anymore for a long time. I let my hurts, my pains, my insecurities and fears really identify me. It was really how I saw myself, but as Christ grew in my heart and as God's word grew in my spirit, I realized I was not that. And I'm, I'm not perfect by, believe me, I'm not perfect by any, any strikes of the word, but I know God is, is with me always. So I don't see myself as junk anymore. I see myself as a son of the King. Uh, no longer am I, I'm a victim, but now I'm victorious in Jesus. Amen. Amen. I, I really appreciate your, your honesty and I wanted to honor you um, with the fact that you, you, you know, you're sharing your story and, you know, um, thing, you know, abuse can be really hard to even admit. And uh, it, it just goes to show 
the power that Jesus has in our lives. Amen. Amen. Um, Amen. And you know, a lot of times I get asked, Rob, I get asked, you know, how did you forgive or what does forgiveness look like or sound like? And then those are some great questions. And I usually tell people, you know, I didn't start this journey off saying, I want to forgive. Oh, I know that I needed to. I read the scriptures about about forgiving those who trespass against us. I know the scriptures that speak about, well, if you don't forgive those who uh, hurt you, then how can your heavenly father forgive? You know, I know all those scriptures, but I'll tell you, I didn't start off trying to forgive. I started off this journey, that 16-year-old broken kid that didn't trust anybody, didn't love himself, didn't know which way was up. I just started to say, God, I really want you. See, I grew up in a home where my abuser's native language was lies. Everything he did was deception. He, he spoke lies. He spoke brokenness. And he's, I was the victim uh, or the focus of his, his physical abuse, but he abused many people in different ways in our home. And I remember saying, God, if you're real, I want a real God. I was already too much around lies and deceptions and manipulation. I didn't want that anymore. So I just started seeking God. I didn't know how to pray. I'm a dyslexic. I don't know how to read well. So, you know, reading the Bible is always a chore to me. Still is. And I'm a pastor and I'm an author. I read for discipline. I usually don't read out of pleasure. Um, I'm learning how to read more and more. But I'll tell you that as I started on this journey, I just wanted God. That's Mm. it. I wanted the real God. I didn't want man's man's God. I didn't want man's thou shall nots. I wanted God so love the world and, and seeking ye first the kingdom of God. That's when the Lord said, seek me. And it took us a long time. There was a lot of ups and downs, a lot of doubts and frustrations, but the victory came and I learned to forgive those who trespassed against me. Wow. Um, I, it's interesting cause I, I'm, I'm dyslexic too. And, uh, yeah. The Bible was ridiculously hard to read, for sure. Sure, sure. I, I grew up, uh, you know, my, my parents sent me to a, a private Christian school, and they were Baptists. And uh, so all they wanted us to read was the King James Version. And I looked at that, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> but... Um, you know, I was, I was, I was luckily, uh, my parents got me diagnosed very early and sent me to a school that specialized in learning disabilities. And, Amen. Um, Amen. you know, I, Amen. I hated it, uh, sure. but I, I can read now and Amen. Uh, Amen. all by the grace of God. You know, I, I tell people all the time now, here I am 50 years old and I've always wrestled with my, uh, reading now. I believe God can do miracles, but he has not healed me of, of my dyslexia. He's given me a wife that is a man. When she graduated college, she had more colors around her neck than a Christmas tree. And Mm -hmm. she had Latin names all around her. So she's brilliant and bright. So she really helps me out. And so when God called me to write this book, I remember saying, God, did you forget? I'm a dyslexic. (laughs) And, uh, and you know, God didn't forget. And he said to me at that moment, not audible, not out loud. was just in my heart of hearts. The Lord said, well, Mark, how have you done anything else? How, how did you forgive your nightmare? How did you, uh, you know, how did you grow? How did you do these things? How did you get through college? And I said, well, Lord, you were always with me. And he said, I'll be with you right in the book. And he put some great people on our team. Uh, I wrote this 
uh, you know, with people coming beside me, my wife and friends and colleagues. And we got a great editor who sent it to a, a professional, uh, a professional editor and publisher. So, I mean, it's a miracle. I'm sitting here going, I wrote a book, God. Um, wow. <laughs> like, wow, I'm on Amazon, you know, so wow. Uh, but I hope the book is not one that's uh, one that points to me. I always wanted to point to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I have no visions of grandeur that I'll be the next something. I just want to be somebody that lifts up the name of Jesus. Like that song says, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about a somebody. And, and that's really what I am. And if my story can resonate, the honesty of it, the genuality of it, the truth of it to say, Listen, I know the pound of flesh. I know the hurt. I know the insecurity. I know what it's like to even even when the physical abuse ends to carry the the emotional baggage for 20, 30, 40 years after the abuse. I I know what it's like to have triggers. I know what it's like to to wake up in the cold sweats and the and the panic attacks. I know what that's like, but I also know that God's great. You know, I wish I could sit here and tell you today that, you know, everything was perfect. You know, maybe there was a time in my life I was waiting for the morning. I would wake up and all that familiar pain would be gone. And, you know, I'd be filled with rainbows and butterflies. That day has never come. But what did come is that Jesus got bigger. My faith got bigger than all that pain. And I say that so genuine because that pain was the Everest in my life. And that mountain of pain cast its shadow over everything I did for many, many years. But when God set me free, God became bigger than all that pain. doesn't mean the pain doesn't try to rise up. It doesn't mean that the past doesn't try to come back or all those familiar insecurities don't try to hold me down. But I hold on to a faith. I hold on to God's word. And I remind myself that even when I'm weak, he is strong to know that God's with me always. So, yeah, I tried to put that in the book called Forgiving the Nightmare. I tried to be honest and say, Hey, I've been there. And if God can pull me out of the miry clay, this broken, messed up guy with nothing special about me. I don't got a big wallet. I don't got a pretty face. It's I'm glad we're not, you know, uh, recording live face to face. You're going to get more listeners that way. <laughs> so, you know, but I got a story and I got a testimony. And my testimony is that Jesus saved me and delivered me and set me free. Wow. I think it's powerful when you say that my faith is bigger than the pain. Because for a while, for me, um, I have various autoimmune diseases like lupus and mixed connective tissue disease. And uh, for a very long time, I actually had no idea what I had. And um, that, that search and that pain defined me for a very long time until God was like, no, I'm going to define you. And yeah. that does. Uh, So that's extremely, yeah, I totally resonate with that. Amen. And it doesn't make the pain any less real. It doesn't make the pain any less painful. It doesn't make the moment any, any less dramatic in our lives. Uh, But it, it gives us peace. If, you know, the Lord says, I'm with you always. Lord said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You know, where we are. and, and, And I believe that. The greater is he who's in this who's greater is he who's in me than who's in this world. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, you know, but again, I do know what it's like to have that emotional pain. I know what it's like to feel like the least of these when you walk in the room, to feel so 
invaluable, to feel so broken, to feel so less than, to feel like everything you touch just turns to dirt because you do, there's a part of you that doesn't believe you deserve joy or peace or happiness. You know, those of us that have been abused have dealt with grooming and dealt with pain. And there's so much that has been put upon us, but God can set us free. I wish I could say it could be done overnight. Maybe it can. I'm sure it can. God can do all things. But for me, my healing came through my journey. Uh, my miracle came through through the journey that I walked. It, and like David said, I had to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Well, I had to walk through this valley of pain and wrestle with it and, and trust God. And as I did, the Lord helped me forgive, teach me what forgiveness was and what it wasn't and what the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation and to deal with those things. But I truly, truly tell you today that I've forgiven those who have wounded me. I've forgiven those who attacked me. Attacked me. It doesn't mean I want to have Christmas morning uh, with them. It doesn't mean we're going to go out to dinner tomorrow. We have healthy boundaries. It doesn't mean that I don't still seek justice. It doesn't mean that I I, I, you know, I forgive and forget, but it means that I've put it in Christ's hands. And I say, God, you're bigger and you're stronger. Amen. Jesus is bigger and stronger. Wow. And yeah, I think there's a important difference between reconciliation and forgiveness to uh, how, you know, I, I know for me when I've grown up, that's exactly what I thought too. And, you know, forgiveness means just, keep forgiving and 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 have no boundaries and that's just it and uh that's not the case at all and um i'm i'm thankful that god has given us the ability to forgive but also to be able to set boundaries where we need them amen, amen. and you know i'll say from my journey rob is that like the book there's many people who came beside me so of course it started at started and ended at the altar, but there was counselors involved and there was coaches involved and there was pastors and mentors. And, and, you know, so I'm, I'm not so strong to say, Hey, I did this all by myself. The Lord brought many people on my journey to help me. So uh, if your listeners are listening today, there's a place for clinical and I would maybe add Christian counselors, Christian psychiatrists, people with a godly point of view. Of course, that's the way I see the world. So I'd recommend that. But, you know, I had people come beside me, hear my story, give me tools, uh, give me exercises, if you would, would help me articulate the emotions and the feelings. So, you know, the miracle comes through the journey for me. And that journey was filled with all kinds of all kinds of expressions. And in that journey, there was anger. In that journey, there was disappointment. But in that journey was faith. And that faith held me up. And it doesn't mean I have this fake, pretend, make-believe faith. I have a faith as you that were, that's birthed in the, in the real life of, of walking through junk, but saying, God, you're bigger than the junk that the lies the enemy tries to place on us to try to hold us back to say, all you'll ever be is a sum of your problems. All you'll ever be is the sum of your sickness. All you'll ever be is the sum of your abuse. Those are lies. Those are lies. God's created us and I'm not a sum of my abuse. True. It happened. It's part of my story, but that's not who I am. You're not the sum of your sickness. Yes, you deal with it. And I can imagine how you walk with that or go through that. That's not who you are. You're much more than that. 
<laughs> and I'm much more than a victim, and you're much more than a victim. We're we're children of the King, and you got a pulpit called a podcast and a church and two great cats, Obi Wan and Vader, and uh, you know I got I got family and kids and no cats and dogs, but we had some fish once. We did. We had some fish. So, <laughs> but God is good. God is good, uh, and you're right. Um, you know, I know uh, I could definitely relate to feeling like garbage and that you're really nobody. Um, but that's not true at all because we are we are children of God. Um, we are a royal priesthood. We are a people that is set apart. Um, he created us to do good works uh, that he planned long 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 time ago and um you know it's like it, it's it's tough but it is. it's been it is. it is you know i'll i'll share this story sometimes i've preached this or studied on it but you know we know in the book of genesis we find the story of jacob and the story of jacob wrestling with the angel and they wrestled all night long they wrestled uh, into the point where the angel touched Jacob's hip and pulled it out of socket. And the, they wrestled even longer to the angel would say, it's daybreak, let me go. But Jacob would yell, yell, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And the angel would say, what's your name? And that's very significant because the name Jacob in that, in that time, in that season, was, meant deceiver, meant liar. It meant one that would cheat and and conceive all kinds of selfish desires and he had to yell out at that moment my name's jacob i'm a deceiver i'm a liar and the angel would say your name's no longer jacob but now it's israel in the niv it says it's because you've wrestled with god and man and, I'll, and you've overcome so in a sense in a sense the deceiver became an overcomer but sometimes when we're going through our stuff and we're wrestling with our past and wrestling with our hurts and wrestling with our sorrows. You know, sometimes we wrestle all night long. And that all night might be 10 years, 20 years, two years, 50 years, but we're wrestling. And when we're wrestling in it, sometimes there's casualties like Jacob had a hip. And sometimes those casualties are hard things. And I won't even pretend to know that what they all are, but sometimes there's a casualty. There's a, there's a part of us that has to die, if you would. But sometimes we get that promise and God says, what's your name? And I think for me, a long time, I yelled out, my name's victim. You know, I'm an abused victim. I'm a raped victim. I I was, you know, I'm the victim of, of human trafficking. I was stabbed. I was burnt. I was sold to others. And that was my name for a long time. But when I came to know Jesus Christ and not, not that I have it all figured out and not that I still don't need to learn or grow or repent or change or inspect my own heart. But, you know, I'm no longer that. He gave me a new name. And for me, that name is victorious, not victorious in my own might, not victorious in my own mind or my own wisdom. But I'm victorious because Jesus died on the cross and he gave me a victory on that cross. And in that victory for you and I, he gave us a hope and that hope that that he, he died for us to cleanse us from our sins. So, you know, yes, we've had horrible things and stings of flesh and pain and sorrow and and in all kinds of hurts and we've asked why and how and when but i'll tell you god says you're not a victim you're victorious and i've i've set your foot upon the rock and he is our firm foundation 
Yes, amen. He is our firm foundation, and he has given us the victory. Very, very powerful stuff. Yeah. Amen, amen, amen. Yes, I just, you know, again, I can sit here and tell you about those years, and and I share about it in my book, Forgiving the Nightmare, and we talk a little bit about those years, but those years aren't the years that defined us. The years that tried to hold us back, the years that tried to tether us to the hurt, they were the lies of the enemy to say that we could never go forward. But God is bigger. God is greater. It was. It's a true journey. Um, a lot of altar time, a lot of tear time, a lot of journaling time, a lot of running time. But, you know, at the end of the day, as we said earlier, you know, I love a good testimony because when we let God lead us, it all ends at the cross, saying, I was alive, I was dead, but now I'm alive. I was blind, but now I see. And we have that same testimony that Jesus Christ died for me. That is so true. Yeah. I'm I was blind and now I see. Yeah. I uh, that's so good. Um Amen. Amen. You know, it's it's so easy to look at our circumstances and, and think how bad we have it, but at the end of the day, our our God is way above that and he is generous and kind and loving and compassionate and he will be there for us and he is there for us. Amen. Amen. And there's no no bigger problem. There's not a there's no problem too big that God cannot reach his compassion, his love, and his mercy into. As as we started this ministry, Forgiven the Nightmare, all I had was a desire, a passion, a heart, a call to put my story into the paper, into this book, you know, and I poured myself out on the pages. I'm not an author, but I've had great people come beside me. But I was able to tell my story, but even go beyond just my story. Uh, I also put some things in there I call trail markers. Uh, the, the things I do to kind of help me on my journey to remind me, uh, to keep me on the straight and narrow. Those trail markers, as we talked earlier, you know, I climbed Mount Marcy. And you know where Mount Marcy is. That's the highest peak in New York. And I had to follow the trail markers or I would have got lost. And sometimes in life, we need to follow trail markers. And the enemy would love to throw those things for the past in our face. But, you know, we stay we stay on the track. We we follow the Lord. Paul, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So, you know, we follow those things. And for me in the book, I call them trail markers that remind me to have a prayer life and remind me to have a study life and remind me to have friends that can be honest with me and remind me to, to have humility and, and certain things in my life that just Help me stay on that straight and narrow. It's ultimately God's grace that keeps me there. So we put that down and we've been able to go out and speak about forgiving the nightmare. We've been able to go on 700 Club and been able to get on a couple of the Christian Network uh, television shows and, and CTN and, and Cornerstone Network and a couple others. Been on a handful of radio programs. But I think what blesses me the most is when I get testimonies. Uh, of people saying, you know, I heard a story, I heard a podcast, I, I read your book, and it started them on their journey of forgiving their nightmare. Wow. Yeah, that, uh, you know, that, that does make sense. I, you know, uh, I think the, the one of the biggest lies the enemy uh, kind of speaks for us is the fact that we're useless, that our story doesn't matter, 
and uh, your, your our stories matter, and That's your right. matter, right. and your testimony is powerful, and and uh, what you've been through, God is purposing that for not only your good but for others' goods too, and um, that's just mind blowing uh, how amazing that is. <laughs> and, I, and I'm nobody special, right? We all have a story. You know, mine was a, a story about child abuse and the ugliness and the hurt and the pain of all that. But you have a story. And then your listeners today have stories. We all have testimonies. And I may have put mine in a book and somebody may share those, theirs in a Sunday school or in a small group. But it doesn't matter how we express it. Because at the end of the day, no matter where that testimony comes from, for those of us that know the Lord through the tears and through the pain and through the rejoicing in the spirit, we say God is there. God made a way and he is the way, the truth and the life. So we hold on to those things and we don't say my story is better or your story is easier or my story is brighter or I need to be, you know, every story that lifts up the name of Jesus is valuable. And that's what we have. And you have one and I have one. And together the church proclaims the good news of Jesus Christ and how God helps us forgive, how God helps us be set free, how God has provided us. That's why we can know him as Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha. Boy, you're going to get me preaching, brother. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. Uh, That's so good. Yeah. God is so amazing. And uh, yeah, I I love the fact that we have so much diversity uh, where, you know, just the different experiences and different stories can really uh, bring Jesus to life. And, you know, in our our life, like, you know, for me, I, you know, uh, I, five years ago, I was literally bedridden. Um, I, I couldn't do much of anything. And, and, uh, you know, my, my story like yours was, you know, the journey, I got healing through the journey and, um, you know, I was able to start this podcast and, you know, uh, I never would have thought, you know, I'd be, I'd be doing this and, and, and talking to you and, and, you know, it's just God, God brought me here. Uh, Amen. Amen. You know, the enemy loves to lie. Yeah. He's the father of lies. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest lies he loves to tell people is that they're not important. And by telling them they're not important or they're, they're, they have no value to anybody, they, they become to isolate themselves. You know, when you think about a lion and a lion, when it attacks a herd, it never attacks the heart of the herd. It always attacks the stragglers, right? The ones hanging behind because that herd, when it's running and it's, it's in full throttle, nothing will get in the way of a herd. But, you know, so the lions are always looking to attack the weak ones, the old ones, the sick ones. And the enemy would love to keep us weak and old and sick and have us be the stragglers. So the enemy can come in and say, see, God doesn't love you. See, that church is just full of hypocrites. See, that doesn't really work. And when he can keep us out of that pack, when he can keep us out of that fellowship, when he can keep us separated from from doing what we're doing now, Lifting up the name of Jesus, he begins to try to have victory. But the pack, if you would, in my analogy, the unity, the body of Christ, and one accord we cry out. And, you know, we say, God, you are great and you are mighty. 
and by our prayers of the saints and the faith of the church and the hope of Jesus Christ. It pulls us and says, hey, you know, we don't have it all figured out. And there's sometimes doubt still rises up and there's needs and there's pain and there's tears. But our God, our God is bigger. And sometimes he heals in an instant. And sometimes like you and I, brother, he heals in the journey. Yes. Amen. Uh, yeah. We <laughs> amen. community. And um, I think this is, you know, one of my passions is, you know, um, so I, uh, I'm an online site pastor for my church. And Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God is good. And, um, you know, one of my passions in, in going into this ministry was, okay, I want to be able to make a community online uh, and, and being able to bring Jesus to them and also, you know, have that genuine church community of, you know, just like the, the pack running together and, uh, you know, fighting together and, you know, all that. Um, so uh, that was a, that was a confirmation for me. Uh, oh, definitely. Definitely. And you are bringing that. You know, in this in this day and Eric day and age, I'm sure more people are checking you out than me in the traditional church. You know, I have a traditional pulpit, I have a traditional steeple. You know, you know, and you see all the people. And I, you know, I do weddings and funerals, and I'm a I'm a blue collar preacher serving the blue collar people. But we love an extraordinary, perfect, and holy and wonderful God. How uh, we deal with all the stuff that anybody else deals with high gas prices and sickness and relationships and all, you know, all the stuff that's coming across the pike. We talk and pray and reason and try to understand just like trying to love thy neighbor. That's what we try to do, but you're doing that here. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of people I'll say, you know, I can go visit that online church uh, because it's safe. There's a, there's a, there's a monitor between us. And when they meet you, they meet somebody that says, Hey, I've been through the, I've been through some stuff but that stuff is not who I am because I've been bought with a price. And I just want to just compliment you, brother, for being a witness and being a light. You could have a lot of reasons to be angry. You can have a lot of reasons to give up. You could say, look at everything I've lost, but you know, you're not allowing yourself to do that. You're not getting angry at God or bitter at, at, at his love. You're saying, you know what? It's only because God, and that's how I felt. I could got bitter and I was. I was bitter and angry and frustrated and blamed everything for all those years that was stolen from me. And, you know, what happens if I wasn't abused? What happens if I had parents that could send me to a school to help me read? But I didn't have that. And the bitterness and angry tried to own me for a long time. But you know what? It was just killing me. It was just eating me up. I'm a father. I'm a husband. And I didn't want to bring that into this home. So I had to lay it in an altar. Maybe I had to lay it more than once. <laughs> and I had to tear down those walls and build up that altar to put it on. And I've put it on it and I put it on it and I'll put it on it again because God's grace is made new every day. Amen. 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 Yeah. Uh, I had to fight the bitterness and anger, you know, the, the frustration, uh, just like all that. And you, know, you ask why God, but then, you know, I realized that, yeah, God's grace is bigger and that, you know, despite all that, uh, we have the victory and the cross and, and we have that and we're promised a better future and we're, we're promised to have 
all things restored, all things being new. Amen. Amen. We could truly have life and life more abundant. And that doesn't always mean life easy. It doesn't always mean uh, having all your bills paid or not having any bumps or bruises, if you would. But we could still have a more abundant life. Doesn't mean we won't have problems, doubts, troubles, fears. Uh, You know, those things are just parts of life. But the abundant life that you and I can have, brother, is a life knowing that Jesus loves us, that Jesus called us, that Jesus has set us free. And even though our flesh is weak, our spirits can be strong in Jesus. So that's why we wrote the book. That's why I wrote the book and my team, my family, my friends. That's why we wrote the book called Forgiving the Nightmare. And we're so glad that it's out there. And, you know, we have a website called ForgivingTheNightmare.com. I'm on all the social media trying to figure that out. And so it's just been a great journey to be able to share about my story, my testimony called Forgiving the Nightmare. But again, I just want to lift up the name of Jesus because like the song says, I'm a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody and that somebody's jesus christ amen yeah uh it's funny because you know i i was getting when i first started the podcast i was getting like maybe one one view and i was just like it is really worth continuing and i just felt like uh, i heard the lord say yes uh, in my heart of hearts and, mm-hmm. and uh you know i it's you know i and then i was like you know what i'm not i'm not doing this for the 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 views or the downloads but i'm doing this to lift jesus up and to affect that one person that listens uh if i could if i can turn that person to look towards jesus then i've done my job and i'm amen amen and amen and what a beautiful heart of compassion and heart for god and I pray that your podcast reaches the masses and it pierces the ears of all those who are hearing your story and you'll reach out and you never know. You might meet somebody that says, hey, I've been through this, this diagnosis. I've been through the doctor's office. I've, I've had that test. And, and you'll reach out to them and say, listen, I know that pain and I know that doubt, but I also know Jesus who Christ who died for me and has held me up through all those years. And I think that's what I try to tell people. I know the pain of trauma. I know the pain of abuse. I know the pain of rejection. I know the pain that followed me for many years, even after the abuse stops. I know what it's like to feel like junk and insecure and fearful and in a way be afraid of your own shadow, feeling like when's the other foot going to drop? When's everybody else going to abandon me? I know those feelings, but I'll tell you, I also know Jesus Christ and trusting in the Lord, leaning on him and stepping out in faith. This dyslexic kid who was 50 plus years old uh, wrote his story down. And my story is not about me. It's all about what Jesus has done in me called forgiving the nightmare. It's all about what Jesus has done for us. man. I, uh, wow. Thank you so much for the encouragement, brother. I really appreciate that. And, and yeah, it's funny. I, you know, if I didn't continue doing the podcast, I would have have never met you and talked with you. And um, you already you've been a huge blessing. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm honored to have been able to hear a part of your testimony and 
and uh, hear you talk about your passion about Jesus and how much he's affected you uh, through through all the mess and through all the trauma. That's truly amazing. Well, the, on, the honor is truly mine. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to share a little bit about my story. Thank you for the opportunity to lift up the name of Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity to tell people about the book. But really, the blessing is that I got to meet you and hear your story. At the end of the day, we both have the same story because it ends at the same place, at the foot of the cross. You wrestle with your battles. I wrestle with my battles. But we hold on to Jesus Christ, who has given us a new name, uh, a name that's no longer victim or broken. But he's both given us a name called Victorious and Whole and Hope in him. So it's been a pleasure, brother. Thank you so much again for letting me come on and talk about forgiving the nightmare. Yeah, no problem at all, brother. Uh, I truly appreciate it. And so we're going to, we've gone through the 45 minutes and (laughs) um, um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I I would love to be able to talk more and and, uh, engage with you more and just hear more of your story. That'd be really awesome. And yeah, it was, a, it, was, it was a pleasure, and yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Sure, no problem. Let me invite you to my website, ForgivingTheNightmare.com. There's some videos on it, some links to YouTube channels, some of the podcasts I've done, the 700 Club interview. So again, I'd love to continue to talk with you and connect with you um, out you know, online or on a phone call or whatever, however we can connect. But if you want to see more of the story, if your listeners then go to our website, forgivingthenightmare.com, and you'll see more stories there. Definitely. Well, the rest of the story. As Paul Harvey used to say, you're probably too young to know who he was, but as Paul Harvey used to say, and that's the rest of the story. Good day. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely too young to remember him. But Some of your listeners might know. Good day. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'll... Uh... I'll definitely put the link up to your website. Um, I'll get that. I'll get the link for your book too. Thank you. All down in the, the, the description and and uh, make sure that uh, people have a link to get a hold of you too. And yeah, thank you so much again for for uh, talking with me. And thank you so much, viewers, for listening in. And uh, just God bless you guys so much. And yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, I'll see you guys on Friday. All right, everyone.